This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast, Episode 27. Hey, podcast listeners, welcome back to the show. Um, Funny enough, I am coming to you right now from my car, (laughs) my daughter's volleyball practice, doing what I can to keep it alive, people. Um, This show airs the week of Valentine's Day. And so, you know, I thought it might be good to invite my friend Amy Lang back on the show With Valentine's Day on the horizon, those of us with middle school and high school kids, I'm sure may or may not be getting an earful around who they like, what's going on, who's dating. I can't tell you how many conversations I get into with parents around who's allowed to date, who's not allowed to date, how freaked out we get by the word dating. Why are our 13-year-olds talking about dating? They're not getting in a car. Anyway, this conversation keeps coming up. And so, you know, there are people that are in the know on this stuff and have an opinion that I really value. And one of them is Amy Lang of Birds and Bees and Kids. Amy is from the Pacific Northwest and she gives talks to parents about parenting their children through their sexual development, starting really young with that conversation around where do babies come from? She was on the show um, early last summer, and she's back today to talk to us about this whole dating scene. And, you know, as you listen, I just want to remind you that this is an offer, right? This is an offer of ideas and opinions. And ultimately, you're the one that knows what your family values. And as you will hear in the conversation, that's going to be the most important piece to parenting our kids through their sexual development is sharing repeatedly what your values are. And the hope is that our kids adopt those values, right? But they need to know what they are. We need to be clear and explicit about it. And we also need to be modeling those values, right? So yeah, I think you'll really like this conversation with Amy. I know that I did. 
I learned a ton. I, <laughs> yeah, I think you'll like it. So, um, yeah, let's talk to Amy. Hey, Amy Lang, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, how are you? I am so good, and I am so excited for this interview. My listeners know that I have a middle school daughter, and we have entered the world of dating, and I'm making air quotes, and when we're talking about middle school, and I'm in conversation all the time with her friend's parents and other parents about like, oh my God, boys and girls and meh. What are we talking about? We're just going to get right into it. What are we talking about in middle school? What does dating really mean? It is such an excellent question because I think that what happens for parents is that they forget that they were once in middle school or junior high and I remember, and I'm sure you remember, there were kids that were dating like in the grown-up teenager high schooler sense of the word in middle school. Or, so they were making out. People were having sex. Not very many of them. So breathe deeply, people. Uh, <laughs> people God. were having sex. I was not having sex in middle school. I was not having sex. <laughs> um, but people, kids were having sex. They were dating. They were serious. And we all remember that, right? And I think that one of the things that we forget is that that was just a handful of people. They were super visible, right? They were the handholders. They were making out in the hallway, right? Yeah. And the reality is that when people who are aged 11 to 13 are dating, they are really friend-plussing. Yeah. Like, Right. They're like they're not friends with benefits, but they are they are friends with an extra added side of romance and, um, uh, you know, a little sexual desire perking up and starting to see what this is like to have a relationship with a kid that is not just straight friends, like more than friends. Um, and so I think the things that parents real the thing that parents really need to do is take a moment and pause and remember two things. A, your child is not you. Oh, my so gosh. So whatever you were up to, your kid's not necessarily going to be up to that. That is so key and so for so many reasons, not only the dating thing. Your child is not you. And if you were into mischief like I was, that does not mean that my daughter is constantly looking for mischief because she's not. Right. So that's so the first thing. And then the other thing, your kid is not being raised by your parents. Mm, yep. Right. So here's your kiddo. They are who they are temperamentally, emotionally, personality wise. They are who they are. And then here you are with all this history and all these worries and too much information looking at your child and you just make some assumptions and judgments about what could happen, what they could be up to, you know, all this stuff comes up. So if you can take that step back and remember your kid is not you, your kid's not being raised by your parents, 
And the other most important piece is your kid is not being raised in the same culture you were raised in. So just because you grew up in middle class white America like I did doesn't mean your kid is necessarily. And even mm -hmm. if they are, that still looks different. Right. So there's this whole intersection of personal and there's intrapersonal stuff that's happening inside you, interpersonal stuff that's happening outside you, cultural stuff, social stuff. And so it can be really confusing. Yeah, really. Right? It gets us really worked up. I right. noticed, especially, you know, when I was in middle school, well, even in elementary school, like starting in fifth grade, I was pretty darn aware of the boys. Yes. And um, some might call me boy crazy. But we would say we're going together. Like that was the language yes. we would use. Yeah. We're going. And my mom would always say, where? where? <laughs> and I would get so annoyed. We're not. That's not, you know, I argue with her about it. So now I don't know when that language shifted to dating but I think that because of the, I don't know but my guess is because the word is dating it means like going like getting in a vehicle and going somewhere together to be alone yes you know yes. as if that's what our 12 and 13 and 14 year olds are doing and then but but once I had some conversations you know the same conversations that my mom had with me first it's like well you're you're not getting in a car, right? Where, Where are you going to go? Yeah. And my daughter responded to me with like, mom, that's not what it means. You know, that was really helpful in relaxing me a bit. And I'm hearing from my seventh grader, you know, like there's a lot of kids who are in families where the rule is no dating until they're in high school. And, and, I, and I know personally parents that that's their rule, that's their value. Yeah. Right? No dating uh, yeah. Yeah, until sure. high school. What do you think about that? So um, I think multiple things about that. So I just want to back up a little bit because um, this idea of going with, which is what we did, mm -hmm. right? And I think before it was going steady, mm -hmm. right? Yes. So going with, going steady, and now they call it dating. So if you think about childhood in terms of sexuality in general, mm -hmm. childhood, childhood sexuality has become very sexualized and much more adult-like. So it makes a ton of sense that when we were kids and we were saying we were going, going with somebody, mm -hmm. we didn't say dating because it was too grown up. Yeah. Now, because of the trickle down of sexualized information to kid life, middle schoolers are saying that they're dating when in fact what they're doing is that they're hanging out. And they are boyfriend, girlfriend in that innocent, new, testing the waters kind of way. There's lots of partner shifting. The relationships last a week. My son's <laughs> friend, William, had his first girlfriend and they... Um, he had a crush on her. She had a crush on him. They got together at a seventh grade dance. Maybe it was eighth grade dance. Eighth grade dance, the first one of the year. Um, they decided they were boyfriend, girlfriend. They were dating. They lasted a week and they had a conversation about they were not ready for this. Yeah. Wow. They needed to wait until high school. Yeah. Which was nothing happened, right? They yeah. weren't ready to have the labels. They weren't ready to have the responsibility of that idea of being in a relationship. So kids have a lot more information now about um, the superficial side of dating, sex, relationships. Yeah. And um, they're still sorely lacking in the other 
nutritional side, right? So there's a lot of junk food information and not a lot of whole food information about sex and relationships. So they say they're dating. Right. And so really it's practicing. Mm-hmm. It's practicing. They're figuring it out. Like what is what happens if I have a crush on someone? How do I feel? And then if I act on that crush, what's going to happen? So they're testing the waters. They're learning. And, you know, things have not changed. No. Like in terms of – Still super like, awkward. Yes, and in terms of like their physical development, their emotional development, the things they worry about, none of that has changed. Like it's that that piece is all still the same, but what's different is the external culture. Does that make sense? That does make sense. So we are buying into the external culture. So we hear dating and we assume my child's not allowed to date until high school. Well, if what does dating mean, right? Mm-hmm. So if dating means going out, getting picked up by your boyfriend, and they pick you up in their car, and they come to the front door, and they say, hello, Mrs. Jones, hello, Mr. Jones, we'll be home at 11, um, we're going to the movies and then to the soda shop, and I'll <laughs> have her home by, right, you know, like, that is not, that's a, like, that's kind of what we think, right? Right. Even though it's never, it hasn't been that way for years, right? right. It's a big event, it's serious, it's important, and of course, sex is on the table. Oh, it is. That well, is- at high school, yeah, but it's not, but it's not. It's not. It's not. And in high school, like, I personally believe that the dating thing is a family conversation Mm -hmm. and it's a family choice. And so you really do need to be clear about what does that mean? Kids group date all the time. Yeah. They group date all the time. They all go out with a bunch of kids together and they hang out and they're just hanging out. And some kids are together and some kids are not. And so is your child allowed to do that? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, is your child allowed to go on a one-on-one date with someone? Maybe. Why not let the 12-year-olds go to the mall and go to the movies? What's going to happen? They're going to find a dark corner and do it. <laughs> like all the 12-year-olds out there that are doing it. They might find a dark corner and fool around, but honestly, they probably won't because they're all beaks and feet. Oh, my gosh. I'm just thinking to myself, that's what – my 12-year-old and her child would have wanted to do how whether or not that actually would have happened. Given oh, the opportunity, gosh. right? So, right. so I mean, I think this kind of comes back to what does your kid mean by dating? Like asking those questions. So when, yeah. you, when your friends are dating, what does that mean? Like, and then even say, what do you think they're doing? Don't ever say, what would you do? What are you, what are you doing? Right. Say, what are they doing? What do you think they're doing? Right. What do you think about that? How do you feel about that? Like when this whole thing happened with William and I think her name was Margot. I was like, so M, what do you think? What went down there? You know, and he we talked about it. And it was nice because it was all rational and he wasn't emotional about it because he wasn't connected to it. Right. So oftentimes with kids in this age group, it's easier to talk about everyone else than to ask specific questions. It kind of warms them in. And if you're monitoring your response, yeah. that also warms them into the conversation. So if you're careful about saying, oh my God, I can't believe that girl is 12 and she's dating. How could she possibly be dating? It's all so wrong. You're not allowed to date until you're 30. Your kid's going to go, all right, so I'll just be hanging out Mm -hmm. until I'm 30. Well, right. And that whole kids go underground. Like I said, I mean, it's crazy 
and I want to be in the know. Like I want to be connected. I want to be available. I want to be in relationship and hearing, you know, as much as is appropriate for my child to share. I'm sure I will always want more details. But, you know, I want to be open and available. And if I'm saying this can't happen until you're in ninth grade and here's all the rules around it and there's no joint conversation around what are your needs what are my needs here's my concerns what are your concerns you know it kind of they go underground yeah yeah, yeah. and and again not every kid not every, not every, kid. every kid not every kid <laughs> right not every kid but maybe your kid but maybe your kid yeah. and i understand like that desire cuz i want it too my kids very reticent like i can hardly get him to tell me like how his day was which is partially his personality and his temperament and partially being male and partially his age. Like he doesn't want to tell me all his inner business, but, um, so it, so I want to know all that. And my hope for Milo is that he will tell me when he needs me, Mm -hmm. like when he really needs me and that I am doing enough work front loading him, helping him be ready for whatever's coming down the pike, you know, like help him be ready for his friends to be dating each other or for him to be asking somebody out. And does he have a plan for that? And, you know, and what are our our family rules about dating? You know, one of the things I think that's really good for kids is to have a rule that's around, like, if you're dating someone, we need to meet them and they need to come hang out with us. Yep. Like go on a family outing, you know, one family, I know their rule was that the boyfriend had to come over three times for dinner. Three family outings and then they could go out on their own, which I like that because when you get your, when you get another kid, do you remember when you had your friends over, just your regular friends? Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, that kid's a nut job. And your parents are like, dude, like your child, the child would act, your friend would act differently in front of your parents than Mm -hmm. they would. Right. And you get, I guess, better sense of who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, also having, you know, that kind of rule in place, I think is really smart. I mean, and again, it's just your family choice. Um, Meeting the other kids' parents, if that's at all possible, is so important because it helps them. Um, you get a sense of where their that their family life is like, and that can also give you an indication of how you're gonna what tactic you're gonna take with the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my good friends, her first boyfriend, her daughter's first boyfriend, was a kid who's. Oh, he was a mess. Mm-hmm. He was a mess. Lived with his single dad. They were really struggling. He was, um, you know, really didn't have contact with his mom who kicked him out of the house. He was struggling in school. He was just not in a really great space. And her daughter just, for whatever reason, head over heels with this kid in thick. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 
35 different meal choices and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes. Perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune in to Mysteries About True Histories math with your kids. You can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. And so they had him in their family life because he needed it. And um, my guess is probably one of the best years of his life. Mm-hmm. Um, and it all came tumbling down because um, he had a lot of power over her. He was a little bit older, a little mm-hmm. more experienced. And so it was really not healthy. Um, so they really did make efforts to have, you know, to be engaged with his dad and his family. But that child was really troubled and they knew that. And so they really hung in there, even though they didn't want her to be with him. And eventually Mm -hmm. she broke up with him and, and, and she had another boyfriend who was much, much better. And so you can kind of tell what a kid's going to be like, not always. So like having like building, it's building relationship, right? Well, and that's, yeah. And that's, I'm thinking about like the timeline, right? First it's the siblings that are, are, are children. If they have siblings or close friends or, um, cousins or whatever, and they're like that dull roar and, they're rolling around and they're getting to know each other and they're exploring relationship skills in this relation, in the sibling, close friend, early on relationship. Yeah. And then it expands, right, to include school friends, you know. And so now here they are in middle school and it's, it's a, just an expansion, right, of that yeah. ex- exploration of, of what relationship is and social skills and emotional skills and it seems really develop. It's developmentally appropriate, basically, yes. is what I'm hearing you really say. Is totally. It's totally appropriate for them to be where they are, and so then that makes me be really curious about what is not being developed when we are so rigid 
in, you know, shutting the door on that. I don't know. And, and, and at the same time, super personal decision, something to be made within your family, totally appreciate and honor that as well. And it's just a fascinating conversation to me. Yeah. It's, I mean, I think, I think it's, um, and it's complicated again by what we know. Right. Right. What we bring to the party and our real concern for our children's safety. Right. We yeah. want our kids not to have their hearts broken. Right. There's and that we, emotion. I mean, it's not right. just like they're going to be having yeah. sex in the corner. It's like, yeah. Oh, I know. Oh, Ooh, their hearts and, broken. Yeah. Right. And the whole dynamic of, you know, I like the same boy that my friend likes and he likes me or, you know, I like my this, – this boy likes me, but I like his friend and it gets really messy and then we start to think, oh, I don't want my kid to be bullied and – Right. You know, right. it just – Spiral out of control. Yeah, totally. Totally. <laughs> it's crazy down. But it comes back to what you just said, too much information, which I've never thought about it that way. But yeah. it makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, we have too much information that the kids have a lot of information about how they should be behaving. And if you think about, you know, we were, wa- I mean, I was watching Happy Days. Yeah. Which was set in the 50s, in the 70s, right? So it's the 70s. <laughs> we're watching a show about the 50s. That's one of the places I learned about relationships and dating. I was also watching The Love Boat. <laughs> Me too. Right? So, right. I mean, I'm we're about the same age, right? Yeah, we so, are. You know, so kids, you know, now they're growing up watching um, shows that feature teenagers, and they're young, and they're watching shows about teenagers and people's in their tw- people in their twenties having dating and having relationships. Yeah, and so they think that's what should be happening, and so I mean, I think you know, in media, in particular, what we're seeing is what kids are seeing is very adult-like, sexualized relationships. Mm-hmm. And so then the families, the parents are not talking about, okay, so let's talk about what's real mm-hmm. in a dating relationship. And yeah. let's just talk about what this really looks like because, yeah, that it could look like that. But what it really looks like when you're like in the thick and you're on the ground, like you've got another human being in front of you, like what's really happening? And that's where parents fall apart. They yeah. don't take the time to have conversations about what does a healthy relationship look like? Um, and more importantly, are they in one themselves? Uh. Are they demonstrating what a healthy romantic relationship looks like? And if they're not, they're teaching their children. Like we are their first teachers. They watch us. You know this. We yeah, watch yeah, yeah. us way more than they listen to us. So if you're in a shit marriage and you're not willing to do what it takes to either improve the marriage or get out of the marriage. And my rule is that if you have children and you're in a relationship, everybody has therapy before you end the relationship. Mm-hmm. Like you make every freaking possible effort you can to keep it together. And if you can't, then you exit gracefully. And I know not everyone is capable of that. Um, but your kids are watching you. Yeah. And so if you never are physically affectionate with your spouse because you can't stand the way they breathe, which I've been married for 20 plus years, there's occasionally times when I cannot stand the way my spouse breathes, <laughs> my spouse breathes right? Like he annoys the shit out of me. And, <laughs> and I get that. And, you know, we have a healthy relationship. We're right. not perfect. I'm right. Lucky. I'm so lucky, right? Well, and I think that imperfect is is perfect because there is no perfect relationship. And so to model the struggle, to model the work that it takes to be in a healthy relationship, I think is such a gift 
for our kids that are watching us do the work. And, yeah. you know, so oh, I lost my train. What? But um, I'm thinking about when you came on the show last time, because you're a returning podcast guest. Woohoo. Um, when you came on the show last time and we were talking about having conversations about sex, you know, frequent, brief and frequent, right? So mm-hmm. I'm guessing that the same is true with checking in with our kids around their developing relationships in through adolescence is just checking in brief, regular. Yep. 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 And same strategies of like using the media, using friends, using your family members as examples, you know, talking about, um, you know, you know, like what do you do when you go out on a date with someone? Right. Like, like how far would, would you go on a first date with someone? And even with middle schoolers, like, okay, they have this boyfriend and they have a plan and like, what are the rules? Like the plan, what are the rules in the family about who, what, when, where, when, how are you getting there? How are you getting home? Who's going to be there? Mm-hmm. Like those are the standard conversations. And then goodbye. Yeah. I remember in ninth grade when I started going to parties with boys and girls and my stepmom would say, um, I need the phone number so I can call and make sure the parents are going to be there. Oh my gosh, I wanted to die. The funny thing was the parents were always there. And it was pizza and movie, and everyone was sucking face. Like, ah, totally, totally these crazy Catholic fest. kids yeah. make out fest, which is so funny because it's like, I'm going to call and make sure the parents are there. And, hmm, yeah, we yeah. weren't drinking. We weren't doing drugs. We weren't, you know, doing making any of those risky behavior choices. But there was definitely lots of making out making out I mean I don't think anyone was doing anything more than that although who knows but who knows you were busy it was dark and I was busy (laughs) (laughs) you were busy what do you know and this is when we explore making out I think that it's exploring it's it's developmentally typical to explore and practice so think about these middle school years it's like 11 to 13 as the as the um serious experimenting like they're they're still experimenting at this age they're seeing what it's like to hold hands with somebody right they're seeing what it's like to kiss they're seeing what it's like to maybe feel a boob through a shirt right they're testing the waters (laughs) i know i'm sorry breathe breathe sorry casey my no, bad. it's so good. It's so good, Amy. I love you. Um, so they're so they are learning through experimentation. And so the biggest thing, the biggest thing, gift you can do for your kids right now is to really talk a lot about consent. Mm-hmm. And what does consent mean? What does it look like? There's that amazing video that's going around. It might be on my. Somebody might have posted it on my Facebook page recently. Um, my Amy Lang Facebook page. It's oh, is about it the, the tea. tea. Oh, yeah, I saw it on tea. your page. That is yeah. a great video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's the consent is like tea or not like tea. Um, yeah, says Casey. She's having some tea. Um, so it consent, like talking a lot about what consent is, what consent isn't for both boys and girls, because you want to plant that seed. You know, our boys need to hear that yes means yes, and they need yep. to hear that fucker 175 times. They need to understand that unless their partner says yes, 
They don't get to do more. And girls mm-hmm. need to know that too. All that no, 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 no. Okay, yes. Mm-hmm. Like just say yes or say, you know, if you say no, then have safe words. And I mean, you need to figure, they're learn again, back to that thing, they're learning. Right. So by the developmentally, by the time they're 14, 15, 16, and it depends on the kid, like right. everybody's body is different, right? A mature body is going to be more interested in sex. Really? Well, yeah. Okay. Hormones. Right, 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 right. The right, right, yeah. body is going to be more interested in sex. So you've okay. got your four. So when I was in the seventh grade, my friend Chris Stout and I had the same exact birthday, April 24th, 1967. We were best friends. I weighed 73 pounds and was four feet 11. <laughs> I had no boobs. I was this tiny, skinny little thing. Chris was 5'3". She weighed I don't know how much she weighed, over 100 pounds. She had boobs and hips and pubic hair. She was rocking and rolling. So we were exactly the same age. Mm-hmm. And her more mature body would, because of that, would be more, she'd be more interested in sex. Mm-hmm. Well, she would be more interested in sex. Mm-hmm. Um, so you need to remember that if you have a 12-year-old who's fully developed, she's having sexual feelings. Right. You and know. that doesn't mean she's in the corner doing it. It just oh. means... It's, she's curious human. and wondering. Yeah. And, and I think that we say like it's zero to sex, right? So there's all these <laughs> other, right? I think that making that clear too is really important because, you know, for most of us, there's a lot of years before we finally say yes. Right. And there's a lot of fun you can have before things get stuck in holes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there is a lot of fun you can have without swapping body fluids. Yeah. Yeah. And so kids need to know like everything from holding hands all the way to being tied up and spanked and whatnot. I mean, you don't need to go that far. Sorry. Everyone's not okay. Breathe again. <laughs> <laughs> right. So there's tons of stuff that's considered sexual that is, that is incremental. So these are right. the incremental years where they're figuring this out. And so as parents, it's our responsibility to acknowledge that and to right. say, I know, I remember when I was your age, my friends, they were having sex. I thought it was crazy. This is what I was thinking about. You know, I don't know where you are with this, but a couple things that I wish I had known. Yeah, I've had some of those conversations and the look I get around like, are you flipping kidding me right now that you think that I have friends that do that? Right? She's just like, yeah. uh, mom. That right. is not happening with my friends, you know, right. and, I'm, and I just chalk that away like, yay. <laughs> well, and. And who knows? Six months. Yeah. It's somebody in her school. Right, right, right. People, she, they might not be her immediate friends, but right, they're people right. in her school. So sure. like having those conversations and, you know, um, I just think that we as parents just really need to stop being afraid of this. I mean, I, I mean, yes. we've got to stop being afraid and making mountains out of molehills. And, you know, and the best way to protect your child from anything is to make sure they're well informed. Yeah. Right. Being yes. informed is empowering. Yeah. And, and. Education is empowering. And when we do want to set some boundaries. What are your thoughts around setting some boundaries while, you know, and preventing them going underground, which I know ultimately we can only up the likelihood. Yeah. We, there's no guarantees yeah. of anything. What would you say? Because I know what I would say is that it all comes back to the relation, the parent-child relationship. Yeah, and it does. And who's actually working on the boundaries and the, and the agreements and is it joint – problem solving? Is it two people with a voice or is it, you know, the dictator saying this is how it'll be? 
Right. Well, always it works better to have the joint conversation. So, you know, setting aside some time and saying, okay, you're getting older, dating's on the table. Can we have a conversation about what that might look like? Yeah. You know, right. And doing it before they're in the thick might mm-hmm. be easier. And then it'll give them a little template, right? So, you know, having conversations like, so here's what I need. And you have to think about for yourself, what do you need? Like, I would like to know when, you know, Milo hasn't really started dating, although he's uh, something's up, <laughs> something's up. <laughs> um, and so, you know, we want to know, get to know the kid. Like we want to know who the child is, right? right? So there'll be something, you know, we actually really haven't talked about this much because of just who he is and what's happening in his life, but just saying, you know, okay, so we want to meet him. Like they're going to need to come to our house for dinner twice Yeah, on their own. We're going to want to meet the parents too, yep. especially in middle school, right? Yeah. Especially in middle school while they're still kind of young. Um, and then we'll expect that that kid does stuff with our, us as a family occasionally. And um, you're fine. Maybe like a rule about you're fine with group dating for the first, you know, couple months. And then let's see how it's going. And you can date, go out on your own. Um, we prefer that you're not home alone together if that's a rule for you, mm-hmm. you know. Like if you're, you know, door open, if you're here, the door needs to be cracked open in your bedroom. Or wide no open. Closed doors or wide open, <laughs> no closed doors or cracked open or they're going to want, you know, they want to want some privacy. Yeah. yeah. But just this understanding that, um, you know, things and say, you know, things can go crazy pants before you know it, everybody's naked and they'll be like, oh my God, <laughs> <laughs> I know, but and they're done that, honey. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I'm excited. This makes me excited. It's fun. It's fun. And I think that, you know, by being like rigid about it, being rigid about anything makes teenagers crazy. Yeah. Right? Yes. I just there's this great book out. It's brand new. It's called The V Word and it's stories of people's it's most it's women's first time sex. Mm-hmm. And one of the I just read it and one of the and I'm one of the sex educators that's interviewed in it. And by the way, awesome. Uh, I know. Of course. Um and I just read this story about a young woman who was grew, raised uh Baptist in a small town and oh my god, she and her boyfriend were crazy go, go everything but. Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. Like crazy. And then finally decided to have sex. And they did it when she was having her period. No one told us the truth about parenthood. Why? This is the podcast everyone needed before they had kids because now that those little ones are here, there is a lot to unpack. I'm Rachel Shepardota, and I am your host for the podcast, No One Told Us, where we tell the truth about parenting and let you in on all the stuff you really should have known about before having kids. I am the founder of Hey Sleepy Baby, but this podcast is so much more than sleep. We'll be diving into all the topics that you really care about and need to know while you do your best job raising those adorable, tidy humans. Our goal is to just make you feel less alone and less overwhelmed. There are so many things that no one tells us before becoming a parent, and I think that we should really pull back the curtain on becoming a first-time or second-time mom or dad to share the good, the bad, and the ugly. We'll have a little education, a little fun, and a whole lot of heart that goes into each and every episode. So join me and our amazing guests each week to hear us talk about what no one told us. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, 
is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Because she thought that was, you know, statistically right. speaking, it's less like you're like less likely to become pregnant, not 100% effective. Mm. So they had her first time was when she was on her period and they felt so smart and he was really great about it. And then they continued to have a sexual relationship. I, she doesn't talk much about the birth control, but just this like idea, like of being rigid, raised Baptist, no sex until marriage. They just did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So the thing I think that parents parents really need to understand is this, and I am so sorry to be the one to break the news, but your children are going to have sex. Yeah. Yes. And it's, and it's just your job. about preventing it for as long as possible. Yeah. Helping them wait. And then when they do it, they need protection. Yeah. They need protection. And it's not and optional. Yeah. Like it is not optional. Unplanned pregnancy is not an option. Right. That should be like a cornerstone of your communication with your adolescents is unplanned pregnancy is not a thing Yeah. in our world. Yeah, let's not. Yes. It's not a thing. It's just not a thing. So this is how you prevent this. Mm-hmm. You're on birth control. And everybody needs to know about all the different kinds of birth controls, boys and girls. Mm-hmm. And, and also another little tip with you, these middle school kiddos is that starting at 12, you step out of the doctor's appointment. Mm. Okay. Step out. You get out of the room. You say you need time on your own with your doc because you want them to have a relationship and they're going to have stuff to talk about with their doctor that they're not necessarily going to be able to talk to you about. And that's okay. Yeah. When do you, when do our girls need to go to the gynecologist? Oh, good question. So, um, excellent news. Um, no one needs to have a pap smear or an annual exam or speculum until they're 21. Oh, good. That would be traumatizing. Unless it's a problem. Okay. Unless it's a problem. Or if they're getting a Marina IUD, then of course they're going to need to go mm-hmm. in because that's how that is inserted. Um, well, and the reason if- I ask is because I think about the, our pediatrician and I, and you know, he's a great guy and I could leave the room, but I don't know what he's going to be able to elicit from her. So I'm thinking, oh, maybe I take her to my lady doctor. Yeah. Might be time to change. Might be time for her to have an adolescent medicine specialist. Might be time for her to change to a woman doctor. Uh, That's, you know, she, 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 and she may be completely comfortable with her doctor. She's known him almost all her life and he's cool, but yeah, they need time alone with their medical care provider. Okay. And yeah, for sure. It's time. It's time. We can't control everything. So I did hang out with a couple 12 and 13 year olds and I just have to, and I, (laughs) and I got some information, not a lot, but I thought it was, you know, I think going back to that idea of us parents having too much information coming from this place of fear and, you know, the word dating triggering all sorts of mischief, 
you know, these girls that I was talking to, they just, when I said, what do you wish your parents would understand about dating in middle school? And they were, they all kind of rolled their eyes. First of all, they couldn't believe that I was asking them. And then they rolled their eyes and they were like, it's just about being more than friends. It's just about like having a favorite person. Yeah. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah. And I said, you know, and they talked about like how annoying it is when parents are like, well, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Like, you know, you can't drive. And and that, like we said earlier on in the show, that whole (laughs) response. (laughs) So I just think this whole conversation is so important because I want, you know, when I think about my kids, my adolescents, I want them to develop healthy relationships. I want them to have these experiences in a safe, you know, as safe as they can be with all the information that is appropriate for them to have. Um, one thing that did come up for us was, well, that I'm trying to share lately was, hey, if a boy's going to ask you out via text message, your response needs to be, I'm only going to say yes if you ask me in person. <laughs> okay. So. She was like, um, uh, yeah, okay, mom. I know. And then I said, but the other thing was too, if you're going to say yes via text message, then at least when it comes time to break up, like have the balls to go face to face. Like you can't break up over text. It's just poor character. Yeah. Terrible. But the, but the asking out, they do everything over text. So we have to let go of that old culture thing because they are going to be in front of each other, right? They are going to be physically together. Mm -hmm. So taking away the barrier of asking is fine. And then there has to be follow-up and face-to-face conversation and they'll be together and they might not be able to talk to each other because they don't freaking know how to freaking talk to each other. <laughs> but, um, but I, I think that's okay. I think the more important thing is that if somebody is to talk about, you know, if somebody asks you out and you don't want to go out with them via text or in person, then you need to be kind. Yes. Yes. To be kind. Cause imagine how you would feel if you asked someone out that you had a crush on and they were like, uh, no, ick. Right. Like, imagine how crushed you would be. So, um, I wrote this little book for teenagers called yes. dating smarts. So excited. Tell us about it. It's called dating smarts. What every teen needs to know to date, relate, or wait. And it is Uh, basically a guide to help teens figure out what their values are about sexuality so that they can go out in the world and eventually have sex with someone. So it's really about getting ready for sex and all those steps leading up to it. So it's very much focused on, um, you know, dating and relationships. Like I walk them through a fake first date. I help them figure out, you know, what are you, how far will you go on a date? How do you, how would you let someone down? Um, I talk about the difference between crushes and lust and love. Mm-hmm. And I also talk about, um, you know, are you normal? Like, cause I think that's a huge question. Like for kids, am I normal? Like I am crazy horny all the time. Is that normal? Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's basically uh, a guide to help teenagers get start out in the dating world and feel good about it. And it asks questions and talks about things that most people don't think about until they are really desperate. Right. Um, and most parents haven't thought about. So the thing about it is that, you know, it's good for everyone. Yay. <laughs> It's good for everyone. Um, 
And I think the other thing too is that this uh, one of the things about teen relationships is that there's a lot of dating violence. So I talk about what the cycle of dating violence looks like, what the cycle of violence looks like. There are resources for getting help. Like, how do you know if you're in a healthy relationship? Um, also, a huge one for me, which would have been so nice to have kind of in my head back in the day, it's like, what are your deal breakers? What are your deal oh, breakers? Man. Yeah. Right? I mean, I had boyfriends that they were okay and there were deal breakers that I didn't know in advance. So, and I know people change and things change and blah, blah, blah. Like what you think at 14 is going to be very different than what you think at 24. But, sure. um, but having some sense around like, I will not tolerate that behavior. Right. Right. And then how to exit. Do you, yep. 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 How to exit. Awesome. Yep. How to exit like the whole thing. When can we get our hands on that book? So it's available on Kindle and it should be available in paperback. So it's at Amazon. Just search for Dating Smarts. I will put the link. Awesome. I'll put the link in the show notes along with every single way to find, follow, friend you. you. Yeah. You. Yeah, one of the best ways to hang out with me or to keep up with me is through my newsletter. Mm -hmm. And if you text 22828, Eight. Is that right? Oh my God. I do this all the time. Ignore that. Okay. I'll put a link. Ignore that. Put a link to sign up to my newsletter. It's on my homepage. There's, I have the text number and I can never remember it. Oh, well, well, I'll put sorry. that. When, when you figure it out, text it to me and I'll put it in the show yeah. notes too. Uh, and so, because one of the ways I like to reach out to people is through my newsletter, which is heavy on content. And then I also teach webinars once a month. So awesome. um, it's another way to learn from me so you can get more details about, you know, sex talking. Yeah. Well, and the thing I love about your newsletter that I want to tell the listeners is it's you send a script. And I think I say this in the I think I mentioned this in our first podcast, like you send scripts for things that I have. It is not even on my radar to talk about. And I'll see it and I'll be like, oh, ooh, I'm going to have this conversation today. So but I've had I've had moms tell me that they actually she said one mom just said, I just read this. I just read it to my kid. Oh, because, nice. Yeah. Yeah. She was like, it was fine. It was perfect. And I just said, hey, get a load of this and read it. Perfect. And it was accepted. And, you know, they learned. No one died. No one threw yeah. up. The usual things. <laughs> There's probably some eye rolling, but whatever. Whatever. I can right. take it. That's right. Um, so my last question, my last new last question for everybody is, what does joyful courage mean to you, Amy Lang? I love that question because it's funny because I was thinking about you and I was thinking about your business and I was thinking about your business name and I was thinking about parenting and I think that joyful courage, especially when it comes to my arena, sexuality, I think that for me when I think about joyful courage and talking to kids about sexuality and dating and relationships is that, yeah, you have to have some courage and it's not all gloom and doom. And in fact, the ultimate outcome of having the courage to have these conversations is that your child will have a much more joyful existence. Mm. So like that whole, like this is fun. It can be super funny. It's not, it's not all pain, (laughs) right? It's not all pain. And it can be a really, I mean, sex is one of the most joyful parts of life. Right. And it requires us to be courageous. It to does. Be, to take the risk to be in relationships. So why not set your kids up to be like, whatever, why is this so hard? Why is everyone freaked out? It's just awesome. Yeah. Oh, I love that. 
Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend. I can't wait to have you on the show again. Anytime. Have a beautiful girl. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, and we'll talk soon. Yes, please. Take care. Oh, man. I love Amy Lang. Isn't she so great? I just... I love that when I'm in conversation with her, there's no beating around the bush. There's no sugarcoating. You know, it's just, it is what it is. And she spells it out like it is. And uh, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation. I hope that you are inspired and feeling encouraged to um, really puzzle out your values around um, relationships and your child's development and exploration of what relationship means as they move into adolescence and enjoy it. It's fun. It's funny. I think when we can move out of our fear mind and like worst case scenario mind and mischief mind, you know, we can, it's really exciting. It's really fun to see our kids and their excitement and their joy and, and all that good stuff. So there you go. Be sure to check the show notes for how to stay in touch with Amy and for sure sign up for that newsletter. It's so incredibly helpful. And one last thing, I just want to take a moment and again, remind everybody that the Joyful Courage or the Carry the Future Baby Carrier Drive is happening now. So um, the bonus episode from a few weeks ago, I interviewed... Allison Siraki from uh, Carry the Future, and I'm teaming up with a local partner, Grow With Me Boutique, here in Monroe, to collect baby carriers in the month of February. And if you go to my website, joyfulcourage.com, and you look at the navigation bar, you will see all the way to the right, it says, um, Carry the Future Baby Carrier Drive. Does it say that? Uh, it says something about a baby carrier drive <laughs> on the website. So get on there, check it out, and you'll see that there's um, tons of addresses and places where if you're not local and can't drop it off, you can send your contribution to the fundraiser. And it's so powerful, and it's such an amazing way to make a small difference in this humanitarian crisis that's happening right now with this mass flood of refugees um, coming from the Middle East and, and landing in Greece and, and, you know, a smiling, joyful, compassionate human being is standing there encouraging families to try to, you know, to check out these baby carriers and it's making a difference in their experience. And I just can't help but not, I can't help not wanting to be a part of it. I can't help it. So I want to rally you guys too. You're with me, I know. Um, so check that out. And yeah, that's it. I'm I'm getting ready to record a couple um, parent talk interviews. So get excited about hearing some live parent coaching in the coming weeks. And um, yeah, super grateful that I get to do this, that you listen, love the feedback, keep it coming. Casey at joyfulcourage.com. You can give feedback on iTunes. Please do that. Or um, right at the bottom of the show notes, if you're on the website, listening through the website, you'll see there is a place for comments. So big, huge love to each and every one of you. Have a fantastic week. Bye.
Well, hey there, Busy Mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free, a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.